Hello everybody, today we are talking on episode number six about conflict, mm -hmm. conflict resolution. Yeah. How to identify it. Indeed. Okay, great, let's get into it. Okay. I wanna talk about the different types of conflict that exist. Great. And I didn't know there were so many. Yeah. But when we were researching this, holy moly. Yeah, we had to narrow the list down. We actually. did, yeah. it's like five. Yeah. And so these five are not by in any shape, way, form a List of one conflict is worse than the other. Yeah. But it's not ranked or prioritized. They are not ranked or prioritized. Yeah. Man, sometimes the most simple words escape me. <laughs> and you're there to back I got me you. up. Okay. So Nicole. Yeah. When I think about these conflicts, mm -hmm. I have a problem. Just the one. Yeah, just be, because like it always comes down to usually when I think there's a conflict, I want to direct it towards an individual. Like a person. Yes. Okay. Aren't individual and a person pretty close to the same thing or no? Maybe. It could be like an individual lamp. I don't know. Oh, fair enough. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> or, yeah, so because I get, I get a little frustrated when... Someone might ask me to do something, even if I'm like, hey, give me a list to do or something that they, there's some, whatever it is that they're asking me to do, mm -hmm. there might be something that's an impossible task or something that I feel I'm not equipped to handle at that moment. Yeah. Or I don't know that I'm equipped to handle it. Right. So I get frustrated. Right. But I get mad at them. The person. Yes. Not the lamp. Not the lamp. Yeah. Sometimes the lamp, maybe. So is that appropriate? <sighs> Can I just pause? Yes. Okay. So before we even jump into the types of conflict, I think we should talk about why we're talking about types of conflict. Okay, please do. Right? Because I think some people just think, and maybe we even thought before we started digging into this, conflict is conflict. Like, let's just figure out how to resolve it or how to kind of barrel through it, how to move on, whatever. But what we found is that based off of these different types of conflict, obviously you can kind of take different methods in order to move through it or resolve it. And so we're kind of taking the point of view of, you know, maybe when you go see a physician, they want to understand your symptoms so they can make a diagnosis and then they know the right course of treatment. And so that's kind of how we're looking at conflict as well, is if you can identify the type of conflict, if you can name it, then it may be easier for you to kind of figure out what to do next. So that's mm -hmm why we're kind of breaking things down into categories yeah, and not makes, just saying like conflict is conflict. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because I think when conflict to me can be a scary word. Cause yeah, I think to lots of people. Right. Well, even when we've had conversations in our relationship, you're like, all right, there's a conflict and immediately my guards are up. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, yeah. what did I do? Yeah. And it's not anything like that at all. Yeah. All right. So, okay, back onto the task conflict. So if someone's asking me something to do, and I am looking at what it is that they're suggesting or mm -hmm. talking about, or it's feedback that I've inquired about and I'm not happy with the feedback. I guess, how do I deal with that? Or more so not how do I deal with it, but yeah, I guess what do I, how do I deal with that? Because I'm gonna, I typically know me, I misdirected my first knee-jerk reaction is to, again, be upset with the person yeah. that provided that, even if I asked for them <laughs> to provide that, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think with with task conflict, sometimes it can be, you know, we've talked about the I hate this list, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's the list of things that are really de-energizing for you or things that you just don't enjoy? 
um, or really draining for you. So to me, task conflict can a lot of times come up in those types of situations with the I hate this list. So it can be you've been asked to do something that you think is below your rank or below mm. your level of expertise. Or you think it's something that is actually above your rank. Like your boss is asking you to do something that you think is actually their responsibility to do, right? Or as you said, you're just not really sure how to do this thing. So, you know, I think if you can separate the emotion from the conflict, that's where you can start to kind of tease out what is actually at the root of this, right? You really want me to remove emotion <laughs> from, wow. I know, easier said than done, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, so one thing that I use a lot and I and people laugh at me at this point because I talk about it so much is racy. Are you familiar with racy? I don't believe I am, but I feel like when you start talking about it, I'm going to know. Okay. So a lot of times when it comes to a task conflict, I find that creating a racy is a really good solution or at least a way to start a conversation to figure out, okay, who's responsible, accountable, who needs to be consulted, and who needs to be informed for each of these tasks that we're R-A-C-I. Yeah. Okay. R-A-C. Great. Are we loving it? I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's really kind of figuring out, okay, who's responsible for this? So that's usually like who's actually doing the work, right? R and A can sometimes be in conflict with one another, so the responsible and accountable. Accountable typically ends up being the person who's kind of like making that decision. Sometimes the person who's responsible and accountable are the same person, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you move on to that, who's consulted, this is like before you make a decision or before you move forward, who needs to kind of be in the room? And then informed is like, go ahead and make the decision, but just make sure that you tell this person once you've done it. But sometimes going through a race at the beginning of a project or honestly, even in the middle of a project when you're freaking out can be really helpful to just kind of get some clarity about, you know, roles and responsibilities. Well, and I think that's a great, it really is a great beginning ground, beginning framework for any conversation or any project that you might be working on, right? Yeah. Because then you're setting yourself up for success as opposed to, you know, as we all know, setting ourselves up for failure and that definitely is a way to avoid that conflict. Because I know if, if I don't do something like that, trying to identify the players or the stakeholders or yeah. my role and position in that, then I am making a lot of those assumptions and we all That's know right. what that does. Yeah. And then when those assumptions of mine are uncommunicated and not met, then there are more parties besides me that are probably just as yeah. Alienated, which then right. makes them really ticked off. Right? Yeah, like, that's right. Okay. Well, and I think the big part of that is asking questions. And, you know, let's be clear not everyone has the emotional safety within their, their role to poke and ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, we should just kind of cover that right now that I understand that that is not a role or a position that everyone is in. Um, but if you can find someone within your organization who you think does kind of provide that emotional safety for you, a mentor, or just someone that you can kind of confide in to be able to bounce some of these things off like of. Like a thought partner? <laughs> like a thought partner. Oh my goodness. But, you know, just to be able to kind of do a gut check there of, hey, here's what happened. Here's, you know, an assignment that I received. This feels 
off to me or it feels not at the right level or it feels way too much for my role or whatever, you know, just kind of get that gut check and then you can, again, figure out how to move forward. Well, and and as a side note, I think it really does touch. If you don't have that ability and we're just not a plug about having an actual, like my thought partner with us, but it is more so of a plug, find a mentor. Yeah. And if you don't have that ability within your organization, you should definitely find something outside of your organization because they will give you typically that unbiased feedback uh, that is that unemotional mm-hmm. approach because yeah. they're not tied close to it. They yeah. don't have to deal with the interpersonal politics of that um, your particular organization or at families. Um, so then that way they can really just give you a, a framework yeah. to move forward. That's right. Okay, yeah. great. Um, well, then that kind of leads into the relationship aspect it of it, right? Yeah. Like, so that's relationship conflict is huge. And I think you talking about that emotional safety net, mm-hmm. that sounds like if you don't have it, you're probably having a relationship conflict. Right. Uh, and that relationship conflict can be with peers around you. It can yeah. be with your the hierarchy structure, whether you are telling people or asking people to do something or you're getting that same information back. Oh my gosh, Nicole. So how in the <laughs> world... If I, if I I felt like, all right, I'm not upset with you or the person, I'm just dealing with these tasks, but this time I am upset with you. Mm-hmm. Not really for those. <laughs> not like me, me. Not you, you, the <laughs> hypothetical version of <laughs> yeah. you that lives in my brain. Okay. Yeah. How do I deal with that relationship conflict, right? Like, so if I don't have that emotional safety net and I don't have that external mentor or guidance or what, what, what do I do next? Like, yeah. what can I do? Is there an option for me? Yeah. Well, I guess it's first of all, like, how do you know that that's actually what it is? Okay. Right. Yeah. So what are some of those characteristics of a relationship conflict? I don't know. That's right. <laughs> Look, because if I, I'm stumped, I'm stumped because it's got it's taken me this long in life to even figure out that there are ways to identify those relationship conflicts. So we're gonna get to that in the next segment. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right, and we are back. We had to take a break. We had our own little conflict. Um, it was it was a bug in the room and we needed to take care of it. (laughs) And part of a, what is it? Not a personal conflict. It is a relationship relationship conflict. (laughs) Part of the relationship conflict was how to deal with that (laughs) while in the middle of recording. Let me tell you, thanks to the power of audio and video, yeah, you didn't even realize it. <laughs> but we had to go through it. Well, so this is actually a really good example of relationship conflict, right? Because how oh, do you yeah. identify yeah. how you identify relationship conflict is that two people can kind of experience the same exact thing but come away with totally different responses or reactions or interpretations or have two totally different ways that they might want to tackle it. So I wanted to stop everything and take the, care of the insect. Yeah, and this is, if you this Michael's is a, like push on through. Right. <laughs> Look, here's it. If and this is a good, really insight for you to go watch the videos on YouTube because I'm sure you can see Nicole's face <laughs> change during production. I saw it. 
I saw it. And I'm like, what's going on? I and saw the I, I can feel, because I'm in two with my partner, I can feel the tension I know. rising. And I was like, what is going on? And so we stopped. And then I realized what was going on. And I'm going, you can't let distraction <laughs> stop you. Why? That is the actual conversation that we just had. That was really it. I know. Yeah. So, so luckily we do have a strong enough relationship Whew. that oh, we made it, it through that It might have ended us. Well, I know. <laughs> Golly. Previous it? relationships, I that would have been the end. Are we? For sure. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so if we translate this to work. Yes, right, yeah, please. You know, I think it's um, when when you do have those situations with someone that you work with and it just seems like, gosh, we are never on the same page or emotionally we're not really feeling the same way about things or – yeah, there's we have totally different reactions or responses or next steps based off of information that we're taking in. And so what the heck do you do with that? Because I think sometimes that feels really insurmountable. Yeah, it really does. Well, and, and I think too, like if you are in tune with the person, right, or you have the ability, again, a lot of this is to me, and this is going to be repeated over and over with so many things that we discuss on the show is that it is about asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And so instead of making the decision for somebody else, asking the feedback and like, what is it? What is so important to you that that disruption occurred, right? And I think if you're able to get those answered that you're identifying, again, so a lot of this is almost like a repetitive process. It's asking the question so that you can identify what it is so that you know what you're really working to resolve, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's you know, we talked about this, I think maybe last time or, or a few episodes ago about being genuinely curious. Mm-hmm. And when you're asking questions of someone, not just asking questions because you're going through the motions, but really being curious and trying to unpack what what is it about this that caused you to have this reaction or to feel this way when I witnessed this and felt a totally different way. Right. And that can really help to build relationships too. So if you're having this relationship conflict, it can help you kind of unpack what that other person is feeling and maybe unpack for them what you're feeling, right? So that you can at least better understand each other. It doesn't mean you're going to have the same response or a mirrored response moving forward, but at least you have a better understanding of why they may do some of the things that they do or why they they react in certain ways. Yeah, and I think too, going back to what you said earlier in the previously interrupted segment <laughs> of that emotional, uh, where you mentioned that you may not have that emotional safety in mm-hmm. your role, I think if, if you don't feel comfortable asking those questions, you might start that conversation by actually speaking again from the I you know, scenario. Totally, like, the I like, statements. I feel like at this moment, we are not aligned in our vision, or I feel at this moment that something's off. And I, I feel like just saying that, mm-hmm. you can really start a conversation totally. that, and, and really what you're doing is you are showing the other person that you're having this conversation with that you're actually open yeah. to having, you're, you're kind of you're, you're kind of being the first to step forward to show that you're gonna let your guard down yeah, so that yeah. you can have a conversation. So, you know, that transparency and that vulnerability might just get you another percent into that person's trust zone so mm-hmm. that you can have a more worthwhile conversation yeah. to realize, hey, 
what do we need to do here as a team moving forward, right? Or what can I do to service and help you so that we are able to get past this conflict or we're mm-hmm. to get past this problem? Does yeah. that seem Yeah, absolutely. Fair? Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I think that also can kind of play into the next type of conflict that we wanted to talk about, which is status conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Big time. Status <laughs> conflict. It's all about the power dynamics and the hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. really where that comes to. And that will really come after the true segment. Next. Oh, the break. The break. The real break. The real break. <laughs> Let's do this. Are you recording? I'm recording. Great. Both of us. Our best, our best selves in this moment. <laughs> I'm just having fun. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. We are always having fun in between our breaks. <laughs> we hope you're having fun in your little, you know, silence of 10 seconds there that you get to uh, do with <laughs> our little mid-intro. All right, we're back. So we're talking about conflict resolution, the things to identify them. We've already tackled talking about the task mm-hmm. conflicts. We've talked about relationship mm-hmm. conflicts. And then we are going to tackle into the next three which are really status conflict, the yeah. value conflict, and then the kind of cross-cultural, intercultural conflicts that can exist in our environment. So when we talk about task conflict, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we did talk I about task conflict. Yeah, I know. Did it. <laughs> status conflict. See, because yeah. it's always when someone from a different status than me is asking me to do something, it just, it gets, it, I'm like, no. I want to be frustrated with them. So, but we've talked about to identify to the task. So, yeah. but now let's get into that status conflict. Yeah. Why am I flustered? I don't know. I'm like, let's unpack that for yeah, you. Yeah. Like What's what, up? What is it that the hypothetical and real version of me gets <laughs> frustrated when someone of status. Say, like, talk that all the way through. I'm actually yeah, interested I, in this. So status conflict to me is usually, again, so we mentioned it was about a power dynamic. And yeah. that power dynamic is typically, I think, when the conflict arises from the person that is receiving that feels on the lower end or that feels that the power dynamic is not in my favor, I can be instantly abrasive if I'm asked to do something or told to do something by somebody of a greater power dynamic to me. Someone so, a higher rank. Someone in a higher rank. Okay. Someone that has the ability to have more this is influence or persuasion. My mind. Why? Because I, I mean because my whole life existence it's all about like being respectful to, you know, and as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going with this. This is, being, this is the difference between us. This is the difference us. between yeah. This is a huge difference between us. Being respectful to my elders, right? When I was a kid, um, you know, I was definitely raised in that, like children are to be seen and not heard type, type scenario, right? And I was told question everything. Right. Not, everything. Not my style. Right. Okay. Not um, obedient question why. Right. And so, you know, I also am an independent worker, right? But if someone from a higher rank asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to yeah. do it with a chip on my shoulder yeah. unless it's super unreasonable. 
because that's just kind of how I'm wired. So it's interesting, you know, and I would almost challenge you to say, I know you're shocked I'm going to challenge you on something, but is it really the status or is there something else attached to that? Well, that's going to be it for another episode. (laughs) Because as we're talking about that, what I am thinking about, though, is is I think I think sometimes it's why the power dynamic I struggle with, right? And in that status conflict is sometimes it's not about like I think I'm smarter than the person, but I do there are times when I might have different skill sets that are I don't you know, they're more there's more experience behind it. Well, it, and I would say you're, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say that you're a generalist, right? Like you know a lot about a lot of things, whereas some people are really specialists and yeah. focus in on one specific thing. And so I think that may be part of your conflict too, is that people don't always understand the breadth of your skill set and experience. Yeah. And so you maybe sometimes. Sometimes get a little defensive. I don't understand the breadth well, of my skills. Sure, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that is a whole other episode. But, you know, you may kind of get a little defensive when people ask you to do things or assign you things because maybe you feel like they don't recognize the skills that you have or right. the experience you've had. I, I don't know. So all future clients out there do know <laughs> that I do know what I'm doing. Every now yeah, just, yeah, just know. Just I got know, it. Just know. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. So the I have a conflict. Yeah, yeah I was go gonna say it. I have I have a couple examples on this Please one. Please do. I just don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on the status conflict because we do want to get into the value aspect of the approach to that and into I mean, the, obviously it's a touchy subject for you, so you don't want to ah, dive too deep into it. Right, there. I don't know why. Yeah. You know what? Let's not dig my funeral today. <laughs> let's let's let other okay. people learn. So here's here's what I will say about yeah. status conflict is that so I, I will disagree a little bit with part of what you said that okay, it's please. like always the lower ranked person's problem. No, no, for sure, right? Okay. I, I don't mean that at all. So I think I think what we should also just kind of have as a blanket statement is that the conflict exists, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It is not one person's problem. One person is not owning that conflict. Like if I have a problem with you, we have a conflict. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's not my conflict and my problem. Right. So I think that that's important to understand with the status conflict, especially, is that when there is that conflict there, it is the responsibility of all parties involved yeah. to try to solve it. Yeah. And so I think one thing, so, you know, quick anecdote. When I was 22, I got promoted into a management role. I was managing people who were 30 years plus older than me. And let me tell you, <laughs> you know, you want to talk about chips on shoulders. People were not pleased to to have me as their boss. And I had a lot of people call me boss, and it was it was obviously meant tongue in cheek. Yeah, yeah, it kind of a dig, yeah. right? So I had one um, one of one person who was working for me who was running her mouth to everyone who would listen, giving me attitude in front of clients, and it really bothered me. And so, you know, I I asked her to come in early one day and just sit down and talk and. I said, hey, I noticed, and I just very matter-of-factly laid it out. Like, I noticed 
You've been saying some kind of unkind things about me. I've noticed that you've made some snide comments about me in front of clients. Can you talk to me about where I've gone wrong? Mm. And like, what, what did I do? And it was as simple as I had shifted some of her responsibilities in a way that she didn't like. And she, she didn't feel confident in the things that I had asked her to, to start doing. And so she was ticked about it, but she didn't come to me and say, Nicole, I don't like the way that you've shifted my responsibilities. But getting that out in the open, I was able to kind of move things around, get her back into her comfort zone. We were fine from, from there on out, right? Yeah. And it was a clear status conflict that she felt like she needed to, you know, kind of like puff her chest and mm. and show how great she was or whatever. Right. Um, but just being able to talk about it really squashed it. Okay, so then, it's not always that easy. Well, no, and, and to but, I guess to s- summarize that part of it too is is really what you mentioned. Like it, so when you have those conflicts, yes, it's not just a single party conflict; it's a multi party conflict. Yeah. But it does take somebody to actually have to speak up and address that conflict, right? So in order to get through a status conflict, there will be, and hopefully it is now you, right? You that's listening or watching because you will have that ability to say, hey, I now know what this is, to step forward and ask. Yeah. You can even ask, hey, is there a conflict here? Yeah. That really is it, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and, And lo and behold, it may not work your direction, but at least you're taking the responsibility and the ownership yeah. and the accountability behind that. Right. Well, and, and, you know, I think the thing is, is that you can keep whatever story you have in your head going for as long as you will allow yourself to do that. But you won't actually know the truth until you have that conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I think the story I was telling myself in that situation was, oh, she's all irritated because, you know, she's so much older than me and I'm at a a higher rank. And that really wasn't the essence of what it was about. It was that we had not built enough trust for her to come to me and say, I don't like the work that I'm doing now. Um, But being able to have that conversation, I then didn't have that story in my head anymore either. Okay, so then let's get into the values of stuff. So like one of the things that you talked about and and maybe this is connected and maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. So when you talked about the values uh, when you talked about the conflict of you are 22 and you now took on this responsibility of having to uh, direct people that were older than you, yeah. uh, do, is is there an approach to this where that person who is older than you in that role, there was some sort of value conflict in this fact that they might have felt that they had more experience, that they had... Yeah, and they did, Yeah, right? And so to me, there was no question there, Um, you know, and I had plenty to learn from her in different ways. We just had different skill sets. Right. Right. And and that's why I was placed in the position I was placed in is because I had some of those different leadership qualities and ability to operationalize and manage things. So, you know, I think it's also addressing that, that we may be in different roles but there are different reasons for that beginning back to values sorry. no no no. it's okay because like then okay so when when i think about values i'm thinking then about like life experiences right like what things in my life do i value mm, that mm-hmm. make me feel like i have some sort of assumptive authority or some sort of assumptive oh role in life right so yeah. in that way 
I mean, like what other times I think about values, right? It can be based on my religious beliefs. It sure. can be based upon ethics, your ethics, or even like you said that you, you know, Nicole does have believe in that hierarchy structure, you know, and, and yeah. to this day, you still are very much that <laughs> path of least resistance. <laughs> well, no, that path yeah. of least resistance, least conflict. And like, you really work with the yeah. people in a, you, you really try to align with all people yeah. to get that down, right? I'm That's a, a strong value of you. Yeah. Where I'm the person, I really do want to like, I feel like I, I do. It makes me think if you haven't seen The Fifth Element, Gary Oldman's character in there, and he has this great monologue about without chaos, there cannot be rebuilding and restructuring, right? right? And like growth and... You know, right, like, like a, a mm -hmm. drill course, Harjan, or something like that. And so I think that I want to go in and find as much conflict out there because it's easier for me and, and where I come from, the values that I guess have been instilled through my life, that it's easier to put the pieces together when there are things that are broken as opposed to not finding, if something's already well oiled, I'm yeah. more challenged with that. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, what are our animal equivalents? Like, <laughs> I feel like, like, I'm Tasmanian devil, for sure is <laughs> Tasmanian me. I am the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Well, I was gardening today, so I'm thinking about like all the little earthworms that I found when yeah. I was digging things up. And I feel like I'm kind of an earthworm. Like I will like find a little nook and like I'll kind of, you know, sneak my way in and will subtly make some changes and move things the direction that I want them to go. Whereas maybe you're more like a groundhog or a mole. For an right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like you see this like mound, yeah. right? And you're just like, yeah. kind of like, let's dig it all up and start over. And yeah, yeah that's just kind of not, not my style. Okay. So then. <laughs> but back to values. <laughs> well, no, because like, okay. So yeah. then that, like, that's like, I, one of the conflict things that I try to avoid in that is I have to try to not impose my value system on other people, right? Like yeah. we, we talk about equity a lot in our conversations right. with people and clients. And that is, as I have to remind myself again about meeting them at their need, not mm -hmm. where I assume that they need me and to help their business. And I think that is one of the values at deep core, if we think about, if you can remind yourself that you need to meet people where they are at, then that's gonna help reduce a lot of these conflicts, but especially in the value side, because whether, let's say you're a non-religious person, someone has very deep religious values and there's a conflict around that, not because you had some sort of religious conversation, but because they ethically and morally feel like something that they're being asked to do, or maybe you're on the receiving end of that, that that is what they, they truly believe is important to them. If you meet them and try to understand that, again, we go back to that question asking, mm -hmm. you'll have a better understanding so that you know that they're not just, they're not necessarily maybe an imposing that value of their own onto you. Yeah. They're just being guided by something differently. So you can yeah. help alleviate that conflict by, again, meeting them where they are. Yeah. Okay. So, but what, I guess, if you don't understand like, how do you identify that that's the conflict? Yeah. I guess, like, how do you make a distinction between a value conflict versus a relationship conflict, right? Because I feel oh, yeah. like they can look very similar, mm -hmm. 
But I think the root of those things is pretty different. So okay. how do you tease those out? Well, I, I mean, I guess this will kind of go into the next thing, right? Like cross-cultural. I think a lot of the, again, where these value conflict and the cross-cultural conflict can be very similar in the sense that maybe it is something culturally um, due to their upbringing, due to their heritage, due to the person's background that they have a very defined belief system. They have a, a very defined way of doing business. Again, if you're doing business mm -hmm. with other cultures in different countries, there's a very specific approach to each type of interaction that you have. There's there's interactions between the different sexes. There's interactions between specific hierarchies in business. There are, you know, there are very specific interactions, which again, yes, they are relationship-based, but I think that when you are trying to identify it specifically, whether it's a value, whether it's relationship, or whether it's cross-cultural, is again, I think you have to understand whom it is that you actually had the conflict with. Yeah. Yes. And I think there are maybe two other pieces of it. I okay. think one is sitting with that conflict mm. and thinking about, I don't know, like how deep that goes, which sounds kind of silly. Well, it's kind of like going back to last episode, which is like, it's like read it before reacting. Mm -hmm. It's like yes, reading right. your emotions before you react totally. or respond Totally. Well, to but it. it's like, God, I feel icky about this, yeah. right? Yeah. And so what is the source of the ick? And can you identify that? And how deep-rooted is that? You know, I think when you have relationship conflicts, it can be very surface level of like, gosh, they they took that in a totally different direction or they always respond to things in a very different way than I would or their decision-making process is really different from mine. But to me, a value conflict or a cross-cultural conflict is far more deep-rooted mm -hmm. and maybe more, you know, I don't mean to be dramatic, but like maybe more distressing in some ways sure. and, and creates more inner conflict as well. Or as some people like to say, triggering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should probably be like. Well, of course, yes. <laughs> to me, like triggering is a trigger word, but um, <laughs> you know, so I think it is kind of sitting with it a little bit and and unpacking what it is that's bothering you, um, or understanding how deeply that is bothering the other person or impacting the other person, or again, the why. Like, why is this a thing? So I have a couple. I have a couple. Yeah, I you mean, know, look, I, always have I think we have a few minutes left to like, okay. you know, you got a time for an anecdote and then let's like wrap 83. this up. So, yeah. So I think, you know, one thing is I, I actually had this conversation this week with a colleague where I felt really strongly about a path forward with the work that we were doing. At the end of the day, it was not my project, right? I am, I am helping a, a client move through this particular project. And part of what I said was, I am bringing my perspective and my personal values to this. Here's how I think you should set this up at the end of the day. You know, and, and here's the reason why. But at the end of the day, this is your project and I will honor whatever it is that you want to do moving forward here. And it wasn't an ethical thing. It was just like, I believe <laughs> that yeah. this is a more impactful, valuable way to do this. And so I think that's one path in this is just I, being able to identify like, these are my personal values and my personal values are influencing 
the way that I'm working through this right now. So to me, that's one thing. I think the other thing is, as we've said 23 times, like asking questions. Um, you know, I I had back in a, a sales role, I had certain clients who would really try to negotiate prices with me. And I was like, the price is on the paper, dude. <laughs> like we're not, we're not doing that here. Um it's like going to McDonald's. Hey, can I get my Big Mac for 49 cents? Exactly. And that get would a always cheeseburger. There's it's, it's so funny it because that would always be the comparison I would make. It's yeah, like yeah. you don't go to McDonald's and right. say, like, I you know I do. I don't go to McDonald's, but <laughs> I will negotiate everything. Yeah. So but you know, the more I understood that, the more I understood that that was a cultural norm, right? Mm, that mm. you know, any sort of sales interaction or transaction is an opportunity for negotiation. Oh yeah, right. And yeah. so that was something that I had to understand and not immediately go to frustration or you know, giving attitude like, "What are you talking about?" We don't do that, you know. <laughs> but to just just say. I understand that you would really like to find a lower price, or I understand that you would like to negotiate this. Unfortunately, that's not something that we accommodate. You, you reminded me of a, a story too, like, and, and I know I told you to wrap it up, but again, this is, <laughs> you remind me of the story. I, I, same similar thing. I had a client in the past, an agreed upon contract for a certain amount of work that was to be done each day. And it was signed, it was done, yeah. but that client at the end of Every single day took me to the side and said, Michael, so can we talk about this? It, uh, is this the best price that you're going to give me? And mm -hmm. I would say, Mr. X, we already have a signed contract. This is it. <laughs> we already agreed upon. We negotiated yeah. this contract. But culturally, that was yeah. very. And they told me, they said, look, this is just the way we do business back where I'm from. I, if I don't do this, he's like, it's, it feels like I'm going against my own grain. And, but it, the first, I will tell you the first two days, I was like, is this person a dumb dumb? <laughs> like what's wrong with them? And then once they took the, they can see that I was clearly frustrated. Yeah. And then they took the time to explain it to me and it made perfect sense because I was like, oh, okay. I was like, man, I, you're just beating me up every day. Like what is going on? He's like, yeah. this is just how we do business yeah. back home. And I was like, all right, all right. So yeah, it is interesting that I think about that now. Yeah, well, and I think maybe to tie it all together. <gasps> with a pretty bow. With a bow. Okay. Is, you know, assume positive intent. You know, mm. we've been talking a lot about conflict. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it depends on kind of whether you're an optimist or a pessimist and how you're looking at the world, but- is there ever really <laughs> no. a glass? Like, That's what I want to know. Oh my lord! Is there really a glass Stop. holding okay, the anyway. wine? Anyway, but you know, I I think a lot of these things can be, you know, alleviated or diminished by assuming positive intent. I truly believe that there are very few people on the planet who genuinely just want to get under your skin. Or I know I'm married to one of them, but. <laughs> I do strangely think that everyone is like trying to take advantage of everybody. I so don't weird. think that. Yeah. I think that people are doing their best, yes, right? They are. You know, and that may not always look the way that you want it to mm -hmm. look. They that may not always manifest manifest in a way that aligns with your values or aligns with what you're feeling that day or the way that you want to do work. 
But I do think that most people are doing the best that they can with the resources and experience that they've had. And so if you can- Even if you are a Karen or a Chad. Oh my Lord. Anyway, so, you know, I think if you can go into conflicts with that lens as well, even though it's hard, it's really hard when you're having a conflict with someone, I think that makes things a lot easier and maybe helps you to be willing to talk through a racy, to use some of your I statements, to genuinely be curious and unpack what's going on with that other person so that hopefully you can move your way through that conflict. Yeah, I love it. And like, I don't really think that there's anything else to say about it once again. You, you just, that that's a beautiful bow. Thanks. I'm not gonna even try to untie it. <laughs> All right. Let me clear my throat. <coughs> that's good, actually. Oh, just suck it up. Get the vacuum cleaner. Oh. <laughs>